Alrighty. We are live. We are live. Welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast. We're going to talk about OPS. Uh, so if you've seen the thumbnail, we gave you a nice pretty picture of Metro from back in the day. Larry's Larry's been using OPS since uh 2010. Nine. Um we have it on all of our trucks. Uh, we suggest that our truck partners put it on their trucks if they want to. Uh, but, you know, beyond just saving us money on oil, it is a major um, preventive maintenance tool. The, uh, the oil samples are priceless in the information that they can give us. So Larry has a presentation that he gives at our live events and at our um, orientations. And so he's going to go through that with you this evening and um you know this is this is one of those paradigm shift things you know change your thinking not your oil you really have to you know we talk so much about why um people say well how do you do it well if you if you figure out the why you'll get to the how and so um everybody sit back listen um open your mind a little bit uh don't get crazy just let let larry explain this to you and I think by the time we get to the end, you'll understand why this is such an important tool for us and something that uh, I believe every truck should have on it. So, um, Larry, without further ado, why don't you take <laughs> off? Well, let, let me just make a couple of general statements before we get here, because, you know, we do this um, this modification as part of our overall minimizing risk, lowering costs you know, philosophy, strategy, um, you know, you, everybody here knows that fuel is your number one cost, you know, and, and we're going to probably touch on that some more in the next couple of weeks since it is such a big, big thing right now. But the, maintenance also, you know, I mean, our maintenance fleet-wide is about 15 cents a mile on average. And, um, but keeping, you know, keeping a, a handle on your maintenance cost is also a big part of minimizing risk. And uh, one of your biggest maintenance costs is, is of course, uh, PMs, you know, uh, and oil changes. And, well, you know, I found this product in, in 2009 um, and uh, it, it, it immediately, you know, became apparent to me that this was no brainer. Um, and especially when you, you start dealing in the facts and, and not in all the hearsay. You know, the problem we have in, in the repair industry in trucking is that, there's really not that much formal education. Everybody learns from the guy that hired them or the, that works, works with them. And, you know, they pass this information, this knowledge back and forth, whether it's correct or not. And if you don't believe me, go ask somebody to put more than 120 pounds of air in one of your tires and find out what they say. So, and, but what, when you talk to tire manufacturers and tire engineers, the tire itself can hold much more than that. The wheel is where the weak spot is. But anyway, I, I digress. So we're going to talk about something tonight that, that is, is, is sort of, I mean, it, it, it's controversial. Um, but here's, here's where I'm coming from. Okay. I bought a truck in 2009. It had 275,000 miles on it. I put an OPS on it immediately. That truck today has 1.85 million miles on it. And it's never had the engine torn apart except for a defective um, head. And it's a Mercedes motor, so it has six heads. 
but they, they found that the heads were defective and there's a bad design. We had one of them that started leaking, so we just put all new heads on it. And we only did that a year, uh, probably the year before uh, we uh, ended up taking off the road. So um, it, uh, the, the truck never had the engine apart. Uh, it's got the original injectors, uh, never had an injector replaced, and on and on and on. And, and, and what makes this even more miraculous is it's a Mercedes engine, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, anytime you talk to somebody about a Mercedes engine, you talk about longevity, they start giggling at about 600 to 800,000 miles. You know, uh, if you get beyond that, you, you know, you, 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 you've done something really, really spectacular. Well, we put 1.85 million miles on that truck. And, uh, I have to, um, I just have to assume that between the fast system, which saved the injectors and the OPS system, which saved the motor, that there's no other way, no, no other reason that that would, that I can account for that would make that happen. So let's talk about OPS, what it means, what it does, why do you do it, why do we do it, and um, and answer all your questions. We use that that three-letter term all the time, OPS and OPS. I mean, we assume that people know what we're talking about, but uh, obviously, based on some of your all's questions and comments, you know, uh, everybody doesn't. So, so Chris, am I in charge here? I am. Okay. Yes, you are. All right. So let's just go through it here. What is an OPS? And we're going to answer these questions, how it works, why, cost, should you have one, where can you get one? So this is what the unit looks like. It, it basically bolts to the frame uh, on one side of the engine or the other. Um, and it's um, the hardest part about installing this is drilling the holes in the frame. When, once you get past that, the rest of it's pretty, pretty easy. You could do it yourself uh, if you want to pay to have it done. Uh, someone who's done it before can do it in a couple of hours. If someone hasn't done it before, it's going to take them about four hours to do it. That's what it looks like. This green part is the spin on filter. This top part, this head is both a, um, um, a, um, a an evaporator. It's a heated chamber there. And uh, oil just uh, enters into this uh, thing just through uh, this through oil pressure, you know. So uh, it, it, uh, it just feeds in and feeds out. And we'll go in more about how this works, but that's what it looks like. So the OPS, uh, it's, it's called the Echo Pure onboard fluid cleaning system, continuously removes both the solid and liquid contaminants from engine oil. Now that's important. That's what separates it from all the rest of them, because no one else has the liquid contaminant um, filtration. We have been using OPS on all of our trucks since 2009. The first truck we installed it on has operated 1.85 million miles with only, and get this, four oil changes. Not kidding. It's not a trick. It's not to get your attention. That's how many times I changed the oil in that 2007 green Columbia with a Mercedes-Benz engine. And I'm going to go on to tell you that those four oil changes were not because it required it, only because I wanted to try a different brand of oil and see if it really made a difference. Standard oil filters will remove contaminants down to 10 to 40 microns, depending on the engine manufacturer and the oil filter manufacturer. The OPS removes contaminants down to 3 microns. Now, these are, the, these are different sizes. We recommend the 10-inch filter for, for a diesel truck, and that's we get 25,000 miles out of that filter before changing it. These other filters would be like for a pickup truck or for a smaller engine. And by the way, you can put an OPS on anything, put on a go-kart. <clears throat> so you asked the question, well, then if, if we're doing, if this 
filter is taking it down to three microns. Why doesn't the manufacturers just put three micron filters in the engines to begin with? Well, the answer to that is they can't because there'd be no oil pressure. You'd have a you'd have a bottleneck at that filter, and you and you wouldn't have any oil going to, you know, the more the the furthest uh, loop points in the motor. So the full flow filters keep enough volume going through to keep the oil pressure up. And then this bypass system over the course of a day, you know, you're driving for 10, 11 hours in that time frame, it will bypass. It will take a little bit of that oil continuously all day, run it through that three micron, micron filter. And by the end of the day, the entire sump has been cleaned uh, in that three micron filter. So what happens basically is that the echo pure filter uh, pulls it down to three microns. The evaporator removes the liquid contaminants that create acid, oxidization, sludge, and also dilute the oil. The Echo Pure system refines the oil by removing all the contaminants to maintain oil quality and extend the package life. I want to go into this, this, uh, the liquids a, a little bit more because a lot of people don't understand that, you know, the, the solids are one thing and every oil filter will get solids out. Okay. Even the, even the full flow OEMs get the solids out, just not to the extent that this one does. But the, um, the, uh, uh, the, the liquid contaminant is, is, the, is the game changer. Um, what harm do liquid contaminants do? Well, water mixes with sulfur and heat. Acid is formed. Water will also emulsify oil. This reduces lubricity and oil's ability to properly cool the engine components. In addition, water will increase oxidation rates, causing rust and additional wear to engine components. Diesel fuel mixes with oil and thins oil out, reducing viscosity and oil effectiveness. So by getting these, these liquid contaminants out, we're preventing all of this from going on. Why do I need onboard refining system to remove liquid contaminants? Isn't engine oil hot enough already? Well, engine oil does create sufficient heat to evaporate liquid contaminants. However, to evaporate completely, the water, the diesel fuel, and glycol must be brought to the surface. The oil in the reservoir is in constant motion during operation, which emulsifies the water and mixes the diesel fuel and glycol, trapping them in the oil. When the vehicles are stopped, the oil comes to the surface, trapping the water, diesel fuel, and glycol below. Even if the liquids would evaporate, they would be contained within the engine block, condensing when the engine cools and return it to the oil. So, again, that's the game changer with the OPS system because it's the only one on the market that has the, uh, the heated chamber, the evaporator, to remove the liquid um, contaminants. Um, so, dual filtration. The solid contaminants are trapped in the 3 micron 10-inch spin-on filter. The liquid contaminants are evaporated in the heated chamber. Oil is pumped into the unit by the oil pressure from the engine. Solids are trapped in the spin-on filter. Liquids are heated and evaporated out, and clean oil is returned to the engine. In the course of a full day of operation, the entire 11-gallon sump is filtered through the bypass oil filter system and returned to the engine sump fully clean. So, <clears throat> when you start the engine in the morning, it's just like you begin every day with a brand new oil in your truck. Uh, your engine never runs with dirty, contaminated oil. It's just like you change your oil every day. So this brings us back to, I want to I kind of get off of this for a second and just talk to you. You know, some everybody has a recommended oil change interval. Uh, some of it is your own preference. Some of it is OEM specified. Some of it is just hearsay. 
But however you come about it, if somebody says you should change your oil every 15,000 miles, every 25, every 50, whatever the number is. The problem with all that is two things. How do you know when the oil's really dirty and ready to be changed? Because if you're doing it at 25 and the oil got dirty at 15, now you're running it with dirty oil for 10,000 miles and possibly damaging the motor. But what if you, your, your interval is 15 and the oil's still not dirty and you're just throwing good oil away down the drain? So the only way to really know is to test, is to sample. So the, the, the other big part of this OPS system of product is not just the filtration, but it's the sample, the lab sampling program. Because we sample the oil every 25,000 miles at the same time you change that green filter. And now you have the results of whether that oil is in good condition or not. So let's keep going and we'll get to that. So benefit number one is your oil is always fresh and clean, no damage to your engine. By having dirty contaminated oil. <clears throat> Extended drains. Since your oil is always clean, there's no need to throw your oil and the money that it costs, especially right now, down the drain at random intervals. Instead, just change the OPS spin-on filter at set intervals, and we recommend 25,000 miles, and take a sample of your oil and send it to the full-service lab. Now, this, this strategy, in my opinion, would not be sound if it weren't for the lab samples. That's the part that makes this work. And it's the part that takes all the guesswork out of it and all the hearsay and all the stuff that, you know, that, you know, some grease monkey told you, well, you should change your oil. Every, you know, remember who's telling you to do that. Who benefits from you changing your oil more frequently than you need to? <clears throat> The lab results will determine if your oil is still in good condition or whether or not you need to change it. It will also give you early detection and warning if you have problems in the engine that you may not be aware of yet. Um, but this oil sample tests things down to the parts per million. So if you've got bearing wear going on, well, you're going to see it in the oil sample because you're going to have high levels of lead and, and other, other uh, bearing materials that's going to start showing up. If you're having problems with rings, and you're going to start seeing chromium and those, those uh, elements starting to show up in your oil sample as elevated. Um, so understanding what the oil sample means is, is kind of like getting, a, getting a, a blood test on your body. You know, you, you, you see what's in there, you know what's going on, and now you've got to figure out why it's happening, what's, what's causing it. So, you know, if, if you're, I mean, if you're not, if you're not doing a sample program, which I'm guessing most people don't that aren't using this product, you know, how do you know what's going on in, inside your until the piston comes through the side of the, of the, of the, of the block. And now, you know, you had a problem, you know, or your fuel dilution gets so high that you have a combustion in the, in the crankcase. All these things could be prevented if you had an oil sample every, every uh, regularly that could let you know that you've got a problem going on or not or not. The best thing about an oil sample is you see that you don't have a problem. And if you don't have a problem, there's no reason to throw the oil away. Okay. So I um, have, I have two fifteens last sample pulled up. If you want to see that. Sure. <clears throat> two fifteen is the truck we're talking about. That's our, it's our truck number for it. See if it yeah. Okay. It's going to let me. All right. So so here is the <clears throat> lubricant analysis report. Uh, you can see here that um, 
This one was done, uh, sampled on August 28th of 2020. Uh, it wrecked in January of 21, right? Yeah. Correct. So it was, it, it was probably just about due for another sample when it wrecked. Um, so this is, uh, th this is the, it's over here. If you look on the left side sample, so this is the 40th sample done on this truck. If you look down here at the second, um, 1,807,247 miles on the engine at that time. The lube at that time had 231,500 miles. So <clears throat> Larry, why don't you talk about this contaminants and all that stuff? Uh, what, what we're looking at here. Well, anything that's clear is normal expected. If you go back up here to the top, Chris, am I able to drive? Are you doing? Okay. Um, you can see that zero and one are normal expected. Two and three are abnormal. And usually there's a reason that you can find as to why. And four is critical. So when we get back a four, we you immediately dump the oil. Okay. Um, two and three, you don't necessarily dump the oil, but you try to figure out why, what's going on. And that, and that color coding was going to show up here. And there, the reason is the base right here. Okay. Um, so the, the base on, on this, and again, it's been over a year ago, so I don't know if I remember exactly, but, uh, but, but base can easily be, be fixed by just adding some more oil. You know, um, in this case, we could have, uh, we could have just used, uh, um, a gallon or two of, ma of makeup oil brought the base right back up. What you're looking for are these things up here, though. You're, you're looking for iron, chromium, nickel. Uh, all these are wear. See, it says wear metals right there. Wear metals, parts per million. Those are what you're looking for. These are the contaminants. Like if you get fuel, or not fuel, but if you get uh, coolant uh, in your oil, um, then you're going to show, so, show a high sodium potassium number. Uh, if your air filter is not filtering air, you're going to have a high silicone number right there. So these are telling you about problems that you're, that you're having. This multi-source metals, those are mainly th things that come from the, the additive package. You know, some uh, oil manufacturers add a little more of this than the others. And that's going to change with the brand oil you're using and the additive package. Um, so th the critical things are right here. Uh, somebody asked today about viscosity. There's the expected viscosity. And again, uh, what's going to make that change is going to be dilution, fuel dilution, soot, uh, water dilution. Those are all going to affect that viscosity number. Um, now, it's critical when you're doing a lab sample. You've heard that old saying, garbage in, garbage out. Well, you have to let the lab know what they're sampling. Okay. That means that you can't mix the oil up. If you're going to do this, you're going to have to choose the oil and stick with it. And uh, and uh, because it uh, a different brands have different expectations, you know, so all these numbers up here that are there, they're white. If if it didn't know the brand, some of these things would be crazy because it's expecting to see Shell Rotality six and you're showing it Dello 400. And it's it, it, it's sensitive enough to know that that doesn't that doesn't match. So you got to make sure that you stay on top of your of your, um, your product selection. So you're not mixing the oils up. Um, oxidation. If, not, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Chris. If I remember correctly, there were two things on this base. One, if you notice in the lube added, co added column, there's a zero. We had fixed a pretty significant leak oil leak on this truck. 
And so we had no lube added. Now think about that 1.8 million miles and we didn't add any oil in 25,000 miles. And that was in that period where they were changing the formulas in the oils. And so I think everybody's base was screwed up in 2020 because they were changing. So the lab wasn't keeping up with the manufacturers on what they're saying. So it was throwing their numbers off. Yeah, you're right, exactly right about that. We were having lots of issues with that base number not being or being flagged as red when it really didn't need to be. So, um, but this is this is the full health report of your engine. I mean, you can see here now again. This truck has 1.8 million miles on it, and look at look at the wear metals. I mean, they're still in the normal category. You got one here, ten, which is slightly elevated, a three, barely. Okay. Uh, but I mean, you're not looking at, 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 uh, bearing slapping around and you, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> expect, you know, this to be this tight at 1.8 million miles, but, uh, but yet here we are. So, um, I mean, I have to make some assumptions here that, um, there's not many Mercedes motors out there, the 1.8 million miles to begin with. And I doubt there's one out there would have an oil sample this clean, even if it did exist. So. And when you, when you get your oil samples, it's going to give you some, like, uh, Chris, scroll down just a little bit. Uh, this this um, abnormal uh, condition up here, they're going to tell you some things that might be leading up to this. And let me also put a big plug in here for a fellow by the name of Tom Bach. Tom is a mm-hmm. long, long-time um, consultant to, to OPS. And uh, I, not only me, but everybody who gets a, a – now, assuming you're going to use the lab that we recommend, okay? Um, but if you're going to use the lab we recommend, if you come back with an abnormal sample, you're going to get a phone call from Tom Bach, and he's going to give you some advice on things to be looking for. So a phone call, guys, a phone call. So uh, that's how – that's the kind of service that, that you get from, uh, from, from this lab. Um, so, uh, we got, we have a Volvo that we've, that we've had some fuel dilution problems on. And whenever we got the first sample back, he's on the phone. You know, the first thing we're talking about is, look, it's probably very likely going to be the oil pump. I mean, the fuel pump seal, um, and things like that. So, you know, there's just so much, uh, information that Tom, Tom can read these oil samples, like he's reading, you know, a paragraph in a, in a book, he knows them back and forward. Yep. And so I just know him because I've done him, you know, for since 2009, but he really, really knows, you know, what, uh, what, what these, what the, what the ramification of these things are. And usually the only time that, you know, you've got a blown head gasket, uh, is when the motor comes apart. Uh, we had one a couple years ago, uh, where we got an oil sample that showed coolant intrusion and we knew immediately yep. we had a blown head gasket and there wasn't any other, uh, symptoms, uh, whatsoever that showed, I don't even think we were losing that much coolant, but there was just enough in that oil that we went, Oh, we got to shut this down. We brought the truck in, put a head gasket on it, $4,000. And, you know, I mean, it, 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 it has saved so many, you know, major, major engine because you just don't, you know, I mean, who, who checks their oil? I mean, who, who tests their oil, you know, and, uh, we do it every 25,000 miles religiously. So, you know, it sure saves a lot of, um, a lot of surprises. So here's a little, just a little, um, I guess, restatement of what I'm saying. In the example cited at the, at the beginning of this presentation, we have an 07 Columbia that has 1.85 million miles on the original engine, no in-frame, no overhaul, no major engine repairs. 
The OPS was installed in 2009. The truck had about 300,000 miles on it. The OPS filter was changed in lab sample taken every 25,000 miles. The lab reports never found the oil to be in need of changing. In other words, it never came back with critical four. Okay. Uh, over the years, he experimented with different brands and weights, et cetera. So we changed the oil four times in the course of doing it just to try those different things. So I could have left that oil in there. Well, I mean, we don't know that because, I mean, I mean, I think the oldest it ever got was four, 450, 500,000 miles, I think is the, the longest it ever stayed in there. But, um, I mean, I guess theoretically it could have, it could have had the same oil in it from mm -hmm. the, from the get go. I, you know, I just don't know the answer to that, but the, but, but the, the big thing here is, is in, let's go on to the next slide, Chris, cause I think I probably, I'm going to get ahead of myself. How much will I save? The normal truck owner changes oil every 15,000 miles. Now, I know some of the later trucks that are, are they're, they're having extended drains because they have sort of a bypass system built into some of the newer engines, sort of. Certainly doesn't have the, the liquid contaminant uh, control. The average truck owner drives about 100,000 miles a year. Typical oil change, I call today, a basic oil change oil and filters $365 with, with uh, mineral oil. Um, that adds up to $2,500 per year, non-synthetic oil. Okay. Using the OPS system with extended drains, lab tests, and filter only changes at 25,000 mile intervals, you would have four services in that same hundred thousand mile time period at approximately 125 bucks per service. That's including the labor to do it. That costs 500 bucks a year. So you'd save $2,000 a year just in oil changes only. Now, the first year, you're going to have to take out the 1200 bucks or so it's going to cost you to buy it and get it installed. But after that, uh, 2000 bucks a year just in oil changes. But that's not the only savings. How much money did the OPS system save me during the life of that green truck? Okay, let's go through it. Um, I would have had 150 normal oil changes in its life. Chris, can you make that full screen so I can read mm -hmm. it? Um, I would have spent approximately $55,000 on them. I would have never gotten 1.85 million miles out of an engine that averages six to 800,000 miles. Uh, in fact, I would likely have had to do two overhauls in 1.85 million miles. I was able to use full synthetic oil since I wasn't throwing good oil away and good money away, which also improves the fuel mileage. So the difference between mineral oil and um, synthetic oil, um, we figured to be, that's the third line down. Let me go in order. Oil changes versus OPS services, $45,000. Two engine overhauls at 25 to 30. I averaged them in between, 55. The miles per gallon improvement, fuel mileage improvement with full synthetic for one and a half million miles because it had 300,000 miles on when I get when I bought it. $42,000. Asterisk, that's at old fuel prices, not at current <laughs> fuel prices. Okay. So the total savings to me on this product on my truck was about $142,000. Now, the, you know, did, did I hurt the, did I hurt the truck? Did I harm the engine? You know, what did I do? I mean, what's the downside of saving $142,000? I'll, I'll start looking at the comments and let you guys tell me. <clears throat> Of all the modifications we do to every truck we buy, the OPS is the fastest, most significant return on investment. If any of them, it is literally a no-brainer because the cost of doing this is twelve hundred bucks basically to get it installed, and, and you're gonna you're gonna pay that back in in about three oil changes. 
And so from that point forward, it's, it's a, it's a moneymaker, but it, it really doesn't stop there. Okay. So the second benefit extended drain, stop throwing money away, good all away. Uh, it, it treats your engine better. Obviously, if you've got clean oil in your motor every day, it's got to be better than having dirty oil in your, in your truck. You know, um, even if you change it every 15 or 20,000 miles, it might be dirty before that. Who knows? Um, it, it's, it's, uh, full synthetic oil is a superior product to mineral oil. Everybody pretty much agrees with that. Well, certainly the engineers and the engine, but that's why all these premium engine manufacturers and high-end car uh, manufacturers recommend uh, synthet- full synthetic oil in those cars, in those motors. But it's about three or $400 more per oil change. You really can't afford to do that if you're going to throw the oil away every 15,000 miles. But if you're not going to, if you're going to keep your oil in there for three or 400,000 miles or more, then it makes sense to spend the extra money for that better oil. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but if you pour regular mineral oil out of a jug and it's 25 degrees outside, it pours like molasses. If you pour synthetic oil out of a jug at 25 degrees, it pours just like water. Think about when you start your engine up in the morning and it's cold and all that oil is in the oil pan and you need to get it up to the very top of the engine up where the valve train is. How long does it take to get molasses up there versus water up there? So the most damage you do to your truck typically is in the few minutes when you first start it up. Synthetic oil eliminates that. So there's another big, big, big benefit right there is you're not going to um, uh, damage your engine at at startups. And Mason, I want to address your your, uh, comment there. The downside is you avoid the engine warranty. So let's talk about that, okay? Because if I go into, let's just say that I bought a new truck and I take it in there and I have an engine problem, you know, and it, I'm using their filter and their system, you know, um, I don't have any, I don't have any proof that um, the, the, the problem that they have in their motor is the motor or me or the oil or the fuel. I, I have no proof. If I'm doing an oil analysis every 25,000 miles and, 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 and I can show them that every 25,000 miles, here's the oil sample, how is it that the oil, I mean, how can, you, how can you put that on the oil filter? You know, we're adding filtration, okay? We're, doing, we're adding a step that, that's not there now. The warranty doesn't require any lab sample. So we're going to take you a lab sample for every 25,000 miles the truck's ever been driven. And now you're going to tell me that what I did voided the warranty because of. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't see that that could I, I don't see how anyone could argue that because you don't have anything otherwise to, to prove that it that that it that it without it, 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 it didn't cause the problem. You can't prove a negative. And so. um and, and, and with anybody's logic, you know, uh, if, you, if I'm changing the oil or I'm testing the oil every 25,000 miles, which in these newer engines is probably half of what they require it to be changed, I'm testing it. And I can see through this oil sample that there's not anything wrong with this oil. It's perfectly good. And here's another way to help you with this deal if you're worried about that. Go ahead and do an oil sample now. You do, do an oil sample right before your um 
you're, you're supposed to do your oil, oil changes now. Okay. When you get ready to do your next oil change, go do an oil sample. Keep that oil sample. Then when you do your OPS, put them together and see which one's best. If the OPS improved the quality of the oil, how can they say that that voided the engine warranty? You know, so not usually a problem. Okay. So, uh, again, you got this thing, change your thinking. Okay. Change your thinking. All right. Cause I mean, listen, the, uh, the, the only people who don't want you to do this are people that are making money off of you. Okay. So hey, let's, let's, let's not miss this. Uh, it was only a guess. I'm just a high schooler looking to become an owner operator. I've never owned a truck. Son, you keep listening to us and I'm going to make you a millionaire. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room here. Warranties mean exactly zero to me. I could not care less about a warranty. Number one, I'm never going to buy a truck. that's under warranty. Um, but we have been trained uh, over decades to value a warranty. Well, in the trucking world, the warranty is not going to do you any good uh, when you're sitting there for six to eight weeks waiting on parts. They're not going to pay your mortgage and, your, and, you, and they're not going to buy you food. Um, the warranty is useless, absolutely useless. Uh, yes. And, um, I mean, I, I would rather just go ahead and pay to get my truck fixed and not have to wait for your warranty, uh, little dance, you know, um, first of all, none of the mechanics make any money doing warranty work, so they don't want to do it. Um, you're, you're going to be put right now. You're going to be the one that doesn't get the parts. Okay. Cause the dealership makes a lot more money on a customer paid job than a warranty job. So, uh, all these things we complain about, about how they clock on and just go to the bathroom, pick their ass and everything and come back and work on your truck. They can't do that under warranty warranty. They have to work on their flat rate manual and nobody wants to do that in this industry. I can tell you that right now. So anyway, somebody, Patrick had a question. No, the oil is still black, but, but the black is not the, the, the black oil is not dirty oil. It's just oxidized oil. So it, you, it's still going to be black. But uh, you can look and look at that oil sample I just showed you. Okay, you could you could sample a brand new jug of oil just off the shelf, and it wouldn't be any different than all that thing we just showed you right there, except for that 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 one or two categories that were still normal. So um, it's not going. It's still going to be black, but it's not. That doesn't mean it's dirty. Okay, the black is simply oxidation. So. All right, so uh, synthetic oil is going to make your engine perform better, and it's going to improve your fuel mileage, which is important right now. Make it easier to start in cold weather, extend the life of your engine and the components. And since you're not throwing good oil down the drain anymore, it's now financially feasible to use synthetic oil. Now, you can buy synthetic oil at the the truck stop for about 40 bucks a gallon, or you can go to Napa and AutoZone and places like that. We actually have a 55-gallon drum of it that we paid about 20 bucks a gallon for it. So um, you might have to, you know, find it right now. But anyway, the, the good thing is you're not, you're not going to change it. You don't need a bunch of it. I have a 55-gallon drum because I have six, we have 13 trucks. So, uh, and it's hard to find right now. So, all right, let's talk about oil. Because, you know, people go, well, oil goes bad or this goes that or how, you know, what, you know, we have to get that oil out and get fresh oil in it. So got news for you. All the oil that we know of has been in the ground for, depending on what religion you, uh, you know, choose to believe, uh, millions, if not billions of years. Uh, it, it hasn't gone bad in all that time, you know, but yet we're told that it goes bad in 12 to 15,000 miles. 
oddly enough. Only in a only in a truck does it go bad. It doesn't go bad in the ground for some strange reason. Uh, people people fight wars over it, and it's in the ground, so it must still be okay. Um, however, engine combustion and the environmental conditions, think soot and dirty air, cause it to become contaminated. Difference than the oil going bad, okay? It gets contaminated. The oil manufacturers put additives in it to improve performance and whatnot. Those additives wear out. So almost all diesel engines use some amount of oil. The older they are, the more they're going to use. It really isn't a bad thing because as you add what we call makeup oil uh, or top it off, you're refreshing all those things that just contain that the, the filtration is going to filter these contaminants out. And so the, pa- the, the additive package that the, the oil companies put in, you're putting them right back in there when you add a little makeup oil. So it's, it, it, the process really doesn't, um, doesn't hurt anything. Um, the contaminants certainly don't hurt anything getting them out of there, but the additive package, you can reapply that by just putting some makeup oil in it. If you've got one of these engines that never burns a drop of oil, then once every 25,000 miles, drain a gallon out of it and put a gallon of fresh oil back in it. And we're right back to where we started. The OPS bypass filtration system coupled with the oil sample program will filter out the contaminants, keep the oil clean, monitor the condition of both the oil and the engine components, all while you replenish the additive package by adding makeup oil as needed by regularly checking the oil level with your dipstick. The filter is changed at 25,000 mile intervals, a sample taken and sent to the lab. The lab report results will determine when and if to change the oil. So if 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 the lab report comes back and says, hey, your oil is perfectly fine, then you just forget about it for another 25,000 miles. And then you sample again and then, and, and, and over and over and over again, you know, repeat what like shampoo, wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. So this program keeps your oil like new, keeps your engine in better condition, increases the longevity of your engine components, gives you peace of mind that everything inside is okay. Warns you of needed repairs before they become catastrophic. Improve your fuel miles by making it affordable to use synthetic oil. benefit number three treating your engine better extending the life of your engine you get early warnings of potential problems and you get better fuel mileage so the 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 logical question is then what why why would you not use this what what are what's what is the thing that would keep you from making this decision you know it's saving you money it's improving your fuel mileage. It's giving you peace of mind because you know there's nothing going wrong in your motor. Or if it is, no, it is you. You can address it now, okay? And uh, and you're treating and you're treating your uh, your truck better, better. Again, I go back to that telling you. You know, I only do things that I know work, okay? And show me another Mercedes engine. Show really show me almost any engine that can go 1.85 million miles and have this clean of an oil sample after 200. And what, what was the what were the what was the Lou Chris 231 I think. So that oil that oil had been in there 230,000 miles, and that was the oil sample that you saw. So um, <clears throat> now we told you last week that we are you know are being going to be sponsored by Pittsburgh power. And, uh, and I've been, I've been OPS customer since Oh nine. I'm also an OPS distributor. You know, if you, uh, would like to have this product, um, certainly you can get a hold of us and we'll, 
we'll get it to you. It's eight eighty five plus shipping for most trucks. Eight eighty five gets you what you see here. The original, what we call starter set, the, the 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 system with one filter, the installation kit for your truck, and then two extra filters and two extra lab sample kits. Um, you can also buy filters and, and sample kits in sets of five if you, if you want to. Um, we've got a promo going on for the, this uh, this month and all through the end of May. Uh, if you use this promo code on our website, you can't use this with Pittsburgh Power. Uh, on our website, then we're going to give you $50 off, plus we're going to pay the shipping. So um, just go to um, www.blueribbonlogistics.com. Go to the store, and um, you can, uh, you'll, see, uh, you'll see how you can order this. If you're already an OPS customer and you want to buy um, – Filter kits, we've got those as well. Lab kits, we've got it all. So, all right, Chris, so you want to talk about any of this? Um, just to say, <clears throat> we'll have this probably up on the website tomorrow. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so, we got a here's a question Is this process only good for semi trucks or will we also be good on a box truck with a Cummins ISB 6.7? You could put this on a lawnmower and Any, anything that, that uses oil will benefit from this because you're just, just, it's just taking the oil that normally would be, would be, um, filtered down by your, what we call OEM or full flow oil filter to 10 to 40 microns. We're taking it to three microns. We're just doing it a little bit at a time. So we're catching all, we're catching all the contaminants down to three microns instead of 40. And we're taking all the liquid contaminants and getting them out through the evaporator. So any, anything that uses oil can benefit from this. Okay. So yes, pickup trucks, you know, it, it, whatever. You know. And to give you a little insight on the installation, basically what it does is, is you're basically plugging into an oil galley somewhere on the truck, on the engine so that the oil will leave the motor and go to the bypass. And then uh, like on the big trucks, I'm assuming probably a six, seven Cummins would have as well, but all of our trucks have a plug and you take the plug out on the oil pan and then it just dumps the clean oil back into the oil pan as, as it comes around. It's very do it yourself friendly. If not the, uh, support, the tech support is awesome. So if you got, uh, if you want to do it yourself or you've got some mechanic that you work with and uh, they've never heard of this and, and most of them haven't. Uh, and by the way, that's the, the best conversation starter I ever had was a mechanic was talking about the OPS. You know, we, we try to get our guys to stay in the shop and watch everything being worked on for obvious reasons. And most of the time they get asked to leave nicely, sometimes not nicely, you know, and the way I always avoided that was I would, I would, whoever it was, I'd, I'd, I'd say, Hey, you ever seen this before? And they look at it and go, well, it, it looks like an oil field. Yeah. But you know, let me tell you how many miles are on that oil. Can I? There's 400,000 miles on it. Well, all of a sudden now the conversation just changes. Okay. So now I've got his interest. So now I'm teaching him something. He's not so quick to, to tell, to put me in a waiting room, you know? So it's, uh, you know, a, a lot. Now listen, there's going to be a lot of pushback on this. I can tell you, right. If you think trying to get tires aired up above 120 <laughs> gets you some pushback, you know, your, your old mechanic that that's worked on your truck all of his life is going to tell you you're nuts. Okay. Mm -hmm. But there again, you know, are you going to, and I hate to use this term anymore since the last couple of years, but if you're going to follow the science, okay, you have to understand that 
that what 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 about this can can it is is uh is is smoke and mirrors you know i mean the proof's in the pudding you know so um in, anyway um I, I i i think it uh you won't uh like i say the hardest part about this is drilling four holes in the frame that's the hardest part about it so Somebody's asking about a car. I mean, the system is the system. Um, like Larry said, you can use a smaller filter uh, than we would mm -hmm. use if you're putting it on a car. Um, you, you use a four-inch filter if you're going to use like something like that. You know, uh, Lee Beyer uh, sent me, and there he is. Chris, bring this up. and The big one. The big one, yeah. He's obviously, uh, um, uh, we'll just let you read his story there. Typically Chris. running down the road at 1400 RPMs at 210 degree oil temperature with Rotella conventional 15W40. My scan gauge would read 58 PSI. Tell that oil pressure. Oil pressure. After installing the OPS and switching to AMS oil signature series 1540, running the same RPM and oil temperature, I'm showing 62 pounds of oil pressure. This tells me that by using the OPS, which makes it financially feasible to use a good synthetic, the synthetic oil holds the viscosity better at higher temperatures. This has to be better for the engine. Well, you know, like we said, we, we had to put a set of heads on the Mercedes. The, it was a known issue. It took 1.8 million miles for it to show up. Um, but the, the freeze plugs would crack and, the freeze plugs were in between the individual heads. And so we, we had a, a, a coolant leak when Seth was driving it. And we, and so when I told the service manager at the Detroit shop, I showed him a picture of it and he saw, oh yeah, um, that freeze plug is cracked. And, uh, so, you know, y'all need to go ahead and put a set of heads on it. And we're like, okay. He's like, now listen, you know, um, we're going to take those heads off and you know, it, it's hard to, it, it's hard to tell how bad a shape it's going to be. Well, I walked into the shop there after they pulled the heads off of it and the top of the block was smooth as a baby's butt. And I looked down in the, in the cylinders and it still had the cross hatching. I mean it, you know, and I said, so what do you think about that? And he's like, I've been doing this a long time and I ain't never seen anything like that. So, um, I, you know, this <clears throat> truck sells me on it, you know, and, and plus the, like, like I said before, you know, we had a blown head gasket, and we knew immediately, immediately that we had a problem. We pulled the truck down and now, gosh, what's that been two years ago that we put that head gasket mm -hmm. on that truck and it's still out running today, you know? So John Briggs, what does base number, base number is the alkalinity of the oil. It's ability to handle acid. Uh, you literally, I think, is it, a, is it Pepto? What's the little tablet that you take for acid, antacid? Tums. Tum. You can literally put a Tums in there and replenish it. Or you can, uh, there's one brand of, uh, of oil filter. Um, is it, is it, it's not fleet guard. There's a brand of oil filter that has base built into the, oil, the filter. Oh yeah. 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 I think lubrifiner, lubrifiner. Yeah. Or you can put a lubrifiner filter in and put the, put the base, but all you got to do is add a gallon of makeup on the base comes right back, you know, plus this base wasn't off anyway. The la the, the, the lab, is so sensitive it didn't catch up to the reformulation of a bunch of oils in 2020, so it's usually not a problem anyway. So now, if you now if you're getting viscosity problems, first of all, make sure that you're telling the lab the right oil. If you're using T T6 Rotella synthetic, and you put on your lab form or whatever, they think it's mineral oil. This viscosity is going to get really, really weird. 
So uh, make sure that you're telling them on the lab sample what you got in there and make sure you have in there what you say you got in there. But the other thing about viscosity is usually going to be a dilution. It's going to either be fuel dilution, coolant intrusion, uh, soot, too high, too high soot. Those will all affect viscosity. And, but you'll see that. You'll see that on the lab sample in the, uh, in the, um, dil in the dilution um, intrusion area of that lab, of the lab sample. So let's just, you, let's just go ahead and, and say, please don't put Tums in your engine. Okay. <laughs> please don't not, do it. Well, you could put it, you could drop it in your oil filter. It would do the same thing. It's all it is. is... <clears throat> John, you're going to have to elaborate on this question. Where are you getting the $200 dashboard you're always talking about? I'm not sure. You I... you keep saying you can rebuild an, a dashboard oh. in, a, in a, an old uh, Columbia or Century for 200 bucks. Well, not 200 bucks, more than that. <clears throat> um, well, <clears throat> there's a place called Miami Star that sells aftermarket well, it might be OEM, but they sell all the dash pieces. But uh, we have a we have a pretty good Freightliner dealer here that gives us good prices, and <clears throat> so I can buy all of those dash pieces. So there's, let me think. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, plus the top piece. So there's seven or eight pieces of plastic that all connect together with those little T25 screws. So I can have the whole dash out of a, out of a Columbia or century in less than an hour. And then maybe an hour and a half to two hours to take my time and put it back together. Cause they all crack and break over time. Everyone that we've ever got has pieces and parts that are broken. Um, <clears throat> but I would say probably a grand 1200 bucks that you could put an entire new dash in it. I'm just reading some of the comments. Um, <clears throat> why don't they come on new trucks? Well, they, they start <clears throat> with the DD. The DD 15 has a bypass on it. It does have a bypass and they're, and they're going 50,000 mile extended drains. If you want to call that extended rain to me, the worst part about that is that you have a DD 15. And, and it still doesn't have the, um, the liquid component. It's just better filtration, you know, on the oil. Um, but if you think about it, okay. You know, when you're, when you're pricing a vehicle, okay. I mean, there's a lot of things that, why does the aftermarket exist period? You know, why wouldn't everything that you need on a truck come, come on it, you know, but, uh, you have to understand being counters price trucks, not truck drivers. And when you sell as many trucks as a manufacturer does in a year, spending another $885 on it probably means a lot of people don't have a job, you know? And, and two, you have to, and, and you know, this, this is the conspiracy hat being put on again. Why do you want things to last 1.85 million miles if you're in the business of fixing trucks, you know? So, um, I don't know. I'll let you answer that. Um, why do you think, do you think the oil companies are going to promote this? You know, um, but here's the thing right now. I see every day on Facebook, people having trouble finding oil. Okay. You know, I, every day I see, well, they have a picture of oil. Can, can I, is this oil any good? I can't find what I normally have. Well, this will, this will solve your, your oil problem. You won't need it for, you know, and in my case, 400,000 for most people, that's four years. Okay. 
certainly three years, even if you drive your super trucker. Um, can you imagine not, except for uh, some makeup oil every once in a while, not having to worry about a, you know, a, a oil change for three or four years. So <clears throat> anyway, remember, we're getting back to the main point here. And the main point is lowering your cost of doing business. Why throw good oil on the ground? Why throw it away just because it's 15,000 miles? Doesn't mean anything. It could have already been dirty and already damaged your oil, or it might not be dirty for another 100,000 miles. You're just throwing it away. Why not find out? Why not get the sample and find out? So that you're, if, it's, if it's bad, get rid of it. If it's not bad, why get rid of it? Why, why throw money away? You, know? um, you wouldn't do it on anything else, but you'll do it on oil because it makes you feel good to have clean oil on you. I'm, I'm treating my truck right. Well, maybe, maybe not. Certainly not treating your wallet right. And right now, I understand our goal here is trying to keep you uh, surviving this abyss that we're facing here. Uh, everybody says is coming. And, uh, and uh, the only way you're going to do this is lower your cost of operating. You know, if you're going to run your truck at the rates that we're going to have to run them for here, uh, when this, quote, bloodbath happens, you're going to have to lower your cost of operating. This is a good way. Of, this is a good start. There's many, many, many more, and we're going to talk about them. We're going to kind of go back to the basics here next few weeks and, and hit on some of these things that we've done since 2009 to keep our cost of operating so low that I've gone through. This will be my fourth crisis that I've gone through since 2009, and I've yet to have a losing P&L. So, um, and again, I, don't, it, the, the, I, I can't guarantee you this works for, for you. I can't guarantee that. I can just tell you what it works for me. And if it works for me, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't work for you. So, um, I mean, we don't do anything. Well, we do a lot of things differently, but we still drive trucks and haul freight. And at the end of the day, it's what, it's what everybody here does, you know? So, um, well, you know, it, the people that aren't, what is, that, what is a P and L it's P and L it's a profit and loss statement. It's what you, it's what businesses have to tell if they're making any money or not, or losing money. So, so here's, this is kind of off topic. Says, John says, I wonder when the bloodbath happens, if some of these companies paying drivers, these crazy rates have to take a pay cut or they just get fired. Well, <clears throat> that's one of the rubs with um, paying people like we pay percentage. So the rates go up, the pay goes up. Rates come down, the pay goes down. So it doesn't really matter, right? And so, because that's how it works in business. You know, we, we get, you know, Landstar takes 35%. Um, <clears throat> we get that percentage regardless of the rates are up or down. Well, these companies are put in a difficult position when the rates skyrocket like this. Uh, because companies, you know, that's the beautiful thing about the free market is that, uh, you can set your rate at whatever it is at 50 cents a mile and somebody down the road can use the rates to say, I'm going to pay 75. Well, that's where the bloodbath comes from because they drive up, everything gets driven up. Well, then when the market doesn't support it anymore, then you end up with aero trucking 2000. Was that 2009? <clears throat> yep. I was driving for Schneider and got a message on the Qualcomm that said, you know, Hey, it, uh, if you run into any aero drivers that need a ride home, uh, let us know and we'll set up a passenger authorization so you can take them home. Cause they just shut the fuel cards off and that was it. You know, 
<clears throat> I think that guy's in prison now. Um, <clears throat> but there are a bunch of these companies that shut down. Um, and there will be this time, you know. So Larry has often said, you know, that this false security that you have in having a job versus being in business. Um, <clears throat> just because you have a job doesn't mean you're going to keep it. If the company goes under, you don't have a job anymore. And um, so this, what we're, what we're getting ready to go to at some point, I don't know when it's going to happen. It might not happen on next year. I, nobody knows. No, there's no way to, pr to predict it. I've been seeing the last two weeks, it's been harder to book loads than it has for a long time. It could be a dip. It could be we're heading off the cliff. I don't know. We're just going to keep going until we can't go anymore. Um, but there's going to be problems. And if you're a company driver, you need to be paying attention to your company's behavior because there will start to be cracks will start to show. Something will happen and you'll go, hmm, that was weird. But if you ignore it, you know, that's – um, that's, uh, <clears throat> what would typically happens is first of all, they, they, they quit ma maintaining trucks and then they quit paying their vendors. So if you go in some place to get something fixed and they go, oh, no, we're not going to work on your stuff. We can't get paid. Pretty good idea that you're in, in deep stuff, deep doo doo. Start finding another job. Or your fuel card doesn't work half the time or. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some problem. Hey, we had a problem with payroll today. We're not going to be able to pay you guys till Monday. You know, this kind of, that's what usually, you know, those are signs. But um, somebody asked about um, synthetic versus mineral oil. Okay, so this is another kind of misconception. First of all, synthetic, I just told you a while ago, it's much, much thinner than mineral oil. So if your truck, we, we here's what our guidelines are. If you've got a truck that's got probably 400,000 miles or more on it and you've been using or mineral oil and you're switching to synthetic oil, we recommend you go halfway and use synthetic blend because you've got to give the rings a chance to reseat. You've got to let the seals get used to this thin oil. It will, you will use a little oil if you go straight from mineral oil, especially on an older truck, to synthetic oil. Uh, it'll eventually it'll eventually uh, fix itself, but it's going to scare you to death when you first do it. So instead of going straight synthetic, go synthetic blend. And then as you do makeup oil, make it up with full synthetic. So eventually over a period of a few months, you'll get transition from mineral oil straight to full synthetic. We don't have any problems. When we buy trucks that have over a million miles in, we put OPS on everything. And we don't always jump straight to synthetic. We go to T5, which is synthetic blend. And then, uh, you know, over the course of the six months or whatever, uh, it's, it gets converted over to, to full synthetic, you know. Another thing is if you're going to, if you get a condition four and you've got to dump the oil for some type of a intrusion, uh, go back to cheap bulk. You know, don't go right back to synthetic because in, until you know you got it fixed. So we'll just put cheap bulk oil in it. Uh, test it again in 12.5 12, 12, or 25 and make sure that the intrusion actually is resolved. Then we'll dump that oil and go back to our full synthetic. So, But remember, when you're doing this, you've got to let the lab know what's in there, okay? If you're, if you're doing T5 and adding T6 in your notes, make up oil, one gallon of T6, you know, so that they understand what they're testing. Otherwise, the test just doesn't have any validity, so... <clears throat> 
And going back that I don't, I've never heard a problem. Well, listen, we go back, like I said, if we have a problem and we got to dump oil, we go back to mineral oil just to keep from having to pay for another fill up of synthetic oil where we might have to dump it again. You know, we certainly don't have any problems doing that. So hope that answered your question. Rocky made a comment here. Difficult finding oil tires in Greece, and the tire problems are getting worse, according to three large tire companies here in Jacksonville. Yeah, I was, I was looking for a set of tires l- last week and, and had a little struggle. I found me a set. Um, I figure all this craziness going on in China right now is not helping. Um, but but I think they're supposed to open up here in the next couple of weeks. So that could be what we're – that could be the little soft spot in the market right now It's just – Things, uh, things tightening up because China's in such a mess. I don't want to say that I'm real smart, but what did I tell you to do a couple months ago about tires, Chris? Go get some. Do we have some? We do. Do we have oil? We do. Do we have overhaul kits? We do. Do we have injectors? We do. Well, I think, uh, I think we've done all the damage we can here. Um, let's see any more questions. Um, so next, uh, programming note, uh, next weekend, the show will be on Saturday night. We are having an orientation, so we'll be live. Um, probably going to, he doesn't know this yet, but we're probably going to interview our platform guy. Uh, we'll let him know when he gets here. Um, but uh, I think it would be beneficial for y'all to meet him. And he, he's just a wealth of knowledge on all this platform, oversize, overdimensional stuff. Um, I think it'd be good to talk about that. We're, we're going to try to stay on this theme of lowering costs um, as we're going into this. Because if you're, if you're not prepared, now is the time. Um, there's no waiting, right? You've got to get your, your house in order. And you got to figure out how you're going to make it because when it, when it happens and it will happen at some point, you need to be prepared. Uh, and that might mean that you need to get to work, uh, right now. Um, you might need to work a little harder. You might, you might need to stay out some weekends. You need to build up your war chest. You need to have some money saved. Um, if you've got maintenance stuff, you got to get done, uh, come through West Virginia, uh, we can fi- hook you up with Carl. He can do an inspection of your truck and tell you everything that's wrong with it, that you have no idea is wrong with it. Um, but you're going to have to get prepared because it looks like it might be here. I think, I think after next week, I think our next topic on Sunday night, we'll, we'll go to back to fuel, Chris and fuel optimization. And, and, um, cause that, again, that's that obviously right now it's important because of the cost of fuel, but again, that's that's going to be the key uh, cost um, controlling um, measure to get you through this this rough uh, this this little rough area we're going to go through, because um, it's um, you know it, it's you you if you're not paying attention if you don't understand how to buy fuel if you don't understand how volatile that is and how you know how easy it is to find the best price you know. And then understanding how important it is because what it's going to cost you if you if you don't buy it as cheap as you can, because um, I mean your your fuel costs you know I mean before all this happened 
you know, your, your fuel cost could easily be 50 grand a year, or it could be 30 grand a year. Now it could easily be 70, 75 grand a year, or, you know, 40 or 50 just depends on how well you are at fuel optimization. So we'll talk about that obviously, but improving your fuel mileage always helps. Slowing down is the easiest thing to do. 10 miles per hour is a full mile per gallon, full mile per gallon. And in this, in this market, that's well over 20 grand a year. Okay. Well over 20 grand a year. And, um, and then, uh, obviously, you know, the, um, things you can do to improve your fuel economy, you know, first thing I would do between now and two weeks from now is go online and get yourself a scan gauge KR and teach yourself how to drive for fuel mileage. Okay. So all these guys that say, well, if I have to worry about fuel mileage, I'm not getting enough rate. Well, now that that's going to be harder to do. So now it's starting, now it's time to start worrying about fuel mileage. Okay. And make hay while the sun shines. I mean, look, now's the time to run. Okay. Now's the time to run. It's not going to get any better. It's just going to get worse. So make money, save money. And let's, uh, knuckle, let's just uh, knuckle down and get through this. That's all. It's just business and numbers, guys. All there is to it. Take all this emotion, all this passion out of it. It's numbers and business. You want to be here when this is over with? Become a smart businessman. Okay? That's all you got to do. So, anyway, Saturday let's, night. Saturday let's, night hurt, let's hurt somebody's feelings real quick before we go. All right. How do y'all feel about pre-emissions Freightliner Classics? No. <laughs> we have yeah, one. Big N-O. Okay. We well, have it, one. It, uh, it, it, it's, it's, be, it's better than a 20 it's better than a 2008 to 2015 anything okay right. but it's not our go-to the, the problem with the classic is it's one again you're giving away one full mile per gallon just because of the aerodynamics just because of the aerodynamics and you can you can't ever outdo that you can't outwork it you no matter what you do you're giving up a mile per gallon every day every every mile and we'll and not next week but the week after i'll show you what that costs uh, i will t surprise you with what it costs to drive that truck okay <clears throat> i'm with rocky i love them i i drove that truck with the 84 inch uh bunk uh and and i mean the driving experience as far as being a driver, oh, yeah, there's nothing better. I would much rather drive a classic uh, XL with 84-inch bunk than a Century or a Columbia. Um, but I'm not a truck driver anymore. I'm a businessman. And business people do uh, what we have to do to make money, and driving a Freightliner Classic is not one of them. And, and they make a good point. I mean, if that's what you want to do for fun, if that's your RV, if that's your if that's your drug or whatever you're, you know, you're thinking, no, knock yourself out. But if you're doing this to make money, no, 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 uh, you're you're not you're not you're not maximizing the return on your investment of both you time and money. And uh, I don't know about you, but when the money stops, I'm, I'm listen. I got other things I can do. So. Uh, but I mean, like I said, if you want to pull a camper in that, or you want to just have fun and drive it, or you're, you're independently wealthy and you've been doing this for 30 years and you know, it's it, look, it, we, and we, we sometimes get criticized for this because we, you, we, we talk to people like the only way to do this is our way. Understand something here. Our market, you know, we love all of you. Okay. Believe me when I tell you that, but we're a, this whole thing started to teach the first time owner operator buying his first truck, how not to screw up. Okay. That's what we're doing here. Okay. 
Now, everybody else in the world that's super trucker, da, 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 I don't care what you buy. I don't care what you drive. I care, I care that you can afford to stay in business. So I don't want you to go spend $240,000 right now and have a $1,000 a week truck payment when you're not going to be able to support that with the rate structure. You can go write a check for it, knock yourself out. I, I, I wish you nothing but the best. But if you're trying to get in this business and stay in business, okay, and make enough money to, to, to save the money to be able to, to survive and, and, and go buy that truck and pay cash for it in a few years, then you got to make money today and you got to be able to stay in business. And that's not the truck to do it with. You know, I'm sorry. So, <clears throat> well, here's is it true that the classic gets 5.5? Yes. So, well, let's be honest though. I drove it when I drove it. The motor was wore out. It had it had broken. Well, it had broken rocker arms and all kinds of stuff wrong. So now it's got about seventy. I just looked. It's got about seventy five thousand on the new motor. We're running an OPS. We're running T six, and I just put fleet air filters in it. And fuel mileage last week was seven point one. But we got our we listen. <clears throat> I thought our best fuel mileage guy was sitting next to me, but he's not. <laughs> our best fuel mileage guy is driving that truck right now, and uh, he got 7.1. Now, Mr. Know-it-all over here never got it above 5.9, I don't guess. Uh, but no, it, I think I hit 6.4 one on, on, this On average, those trucks are going to get into fives, okay? And, and then you got to be a good driver to do that, okay? They can get less than that, all right? Oh, yeah. They're capable of getting into threes and fours. So, and you can't, when I, when I was driving that truck, my fuel bill was about a thousand dollars a week and Seth got in it one week to drive it. And Larry about shit a brick because the fuel bill went up to $1,600 in one week. So I think it was 1800 might've been, <clears throat> it was huge, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's how much good. of a difference a driver makes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, fuel mileage is all about the driver. I mean, the, the truck has to be spec right. Okay. But. I, we just proved we can take a truck that that its lifetime average with blue ribbon was in the when the high fives. Okay, I got a guy right now doing more than over seven, and you know, now we did overhaul the motor. I will hand you that, but still, you know, it's uh, we listen. We've got got we've got trucks that do our our best truck in the fleet averaged almost probably close to eight miles per gallon, and then we can get a driver in that truck and it can drop down to six and a half. It's just, it's the driver. Has, the driver is 35% of fuel mileage. The truck is 65%. But let me tell you something. I can fix the truck. I can't fix the driver. The driver has to want to. So uh, you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to want to do this. And uh, the right foot and the left door are the big problems with it. And, um, you know, understanding what it costs you to, 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 to be ignorant, you know. Yeah. All right, we'll shut it down. We'll see y'all next Saturday evening, um, probably about eight o'clock, eight or nine o'clock. I'll have it set up, and um, all. So William, gonna get upset. Be sure to like and subscribe. By the way, that William is the seven point one classic guy. By the way, yeah, uh, he's he's awesome, awesome guy. So, all right, we'll see y'all mm -hmm. next time. Good night, everybody. Be safe.